Alright, what's up guys? I'm back for another episode of Unranked with Logan Kelleher. And this past weekend was, for the FBS, it was the start of bowl season. And for the FCS, it were the semifinal games for the FCS championship game and also the celebration bowl. So, going over the scoreboard real quick. Uh, FCS first in the celebration bowl. It was North Carolina A&T against Alcorn State. And the teams coming into the game, North Carolina A&T had a 9-2 record. Alcorn State had a 9-3 record. North Carolina State, or A&T, was led by their uh, senior quarterback, Lamar Raynard. The senior, Alcorn State, on the other side, had Noah Johnson, a redshirt junior, who had a great year. And this game surpassed 1,000 yards rushing and 2,000 yards passing. Or had 2,000 yards, but finished with 2207 in the game. So Alcorn State with a very mobile quarterback, North Carolina A&T. Lamar Raynard is, was a good leader this year. Um, finished with a 137.1 rating, 1,900 yards, 20 touchdowns to six interceptions, and had 157 yards on the ground and three touchdowns on the season. So the game, game highlights uh, started off with Reynard completing a pass to completing a 17-yard touchdown to his wide receiver, Zachary Leslie, a sophomore. And then shortly after, Alcorn State made a field goal. And then North Carolina A&T in the second quarter got a field goal and a touchdown to go up by 14. But then Alcorn State made a field goal again, make it 17-6, to six, scored a touchdown, and added another field goal in the third to bring it within one. But then um, Wilson had a kickoff return touchdown to go up 24-16. to 16. And then in the fourth quarter, Noah Johnson ran for a 59-yard touchdown and then they went for two, but the pass was incomplete. So it ended up being 24-22 to 22 with 11.55 to go, but neither team would score any more points, and North Carolina A&T wins a celebration bowl, uh, which is basically the equivalent of the national championship game for the um, HBCU, I believe, is what I heard when I was watching the historically black colleges and universities. Um, North Carolina A&T representing the MEAC and Alcorn State representing the SWAC conference. So North Carolina A&T wins that. And that was on Saturday. So the day before on Friday, we had the powerhouse North Dakota State beat South Dakota State 44-21. to And... Until the third quarter, really, it looked like South Dakota State was in it. Um, Easton Stick ran for a touchdown for North Dakota State, but then Pierre Strong ran for one for South Dakota State. Make it 7-7 seven seven at the end of one. At the end of two, it's 14-7 due to another Easton Stick touchdown. Third quarter starts off with Anderson running for a touchdown. And then South Dakota State, uh, Taron Christian threw a touchdown pass to make it a seven-point game again. But then North Dakota State scored two straight touchdowns 
Easton Stick throwing a touchdown pass to Bruce Anderson, and then Anderson also running for a 41-yard touchdown. So that made it 35-14, to and at that point it was too far for South Dakota State to come back. Christian threw another touchdown pass, make it 21-35, to but then in the fourth it was just North Dakota State scoring a field goal, and then Easton Stick running for a 28-yard score to give the final score of 44-21. So key players in this game, Pierre Strong for South Dakota State, 20 carries, 135 yards, and a touchdown, but it wasn't enough for them to win the game. On the other side, Easton Stick, over 300 yards of total offense, four total touchdowns, and then his, one of his running backs, Bruce Anderson, helped him out, 79 yards for two touchdowns, but also Seth Wilson, on two attempts, had 86 yards, which one was a 78-yard run. So North Dakota State run or won the game. I gave it away. They they won the game by having a solid rushing attack. Um, and South Dakota State had Pierre Strong running for 135, but it wasn't enough for him. They needed a little bit more offense. Christian only had 180 yards through the air, so they couldn't do enough to stop North Dakota State from getting to the – national championship game and they will play in Frisco on January 5th and the team they play is going to be Eastern Washington and this game was in favor of Eastern Washington the whole game um, it was all the scores for Eastern Washington were touchdown passes Eric Berrier Eric Berrier threw seven touchdown passes in the game had one interception went over 300 yards at 352 Threw four of those touchdown passes to Simba Webster, senior wide receiver, who had nine catches for 188 yards and four scores. And then Jace Gilder, the tight end, had three catches for 50 yards, two of them touchdowns. And then the seventh seventh touchdown he threw, not necessarily in that order, but Andrew Boston, a wide receiver, a freshman, redshirt freshman, had a one-yard touchdown pat, catch as his only catch of the game. So Eastern Washington obviously does did some damage to the air. And then on the ground, Sam McPherson led all rushers with 64 yards. Barrier added 53 on the ground to give him 400 total yards of offense. On the other side for Maine out of the CAA, they actually upset uh, Weber State to get here. And Chris Ferguson had to pass the ball a lot. 54 attempts, completed 28 of those for 325 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. The run game was non-existent. Ramon Jefferson led rush read all led all rushers with 65 yards to, to put him over a thousand for the season. And then Joe Fitzpatrick had 34 yards and a touchdown. So Eastern Washington will play North Dakota State in the FCS championship game in Frisco, Texas. Uh, North Dakota State wants to go seven of eight in the past eight years. They've been to the. They've won six out of the last seven. The only time they didn't win, they weren't in it. So, but I think Eastern Washington is a perfect game, perfect team to test them. Eastern Washington had some good defensive play against Maine, and Maine isn't necessarily on the level of North Dakota State. But I think I think Eastern Washington is going to be set. They have they have a few weeks of break. But you give a few weeks of break to North Dakota State, and they have three, four, maybe even five good running backs, including Easton Stick, who is their quarterback. But the way he runs and the way he wishes for contact, wishes wishes hits upon him, um, it's really going to be hard to stop that. 
but I think Eastern Washington has the offense to counter that, as clearly um, pointed out by Eric Berrier throwing for seven touchdowns, 350 yards. Of course, a lot of that was good field position. Um, but if Eastern Washington can do that, if they can force turnovers and get on North Dakota State side of the field, I think it's going to be a very competitive game. And I would like to say that Eastern Washington does have a very good chance to win this game. So that's the FCS. So then the FBS, we had five bowl games occur over the weekend. And some were, some were good, as in one was a good game. The other ones were very non-contested blowouts. Um, so we're going to start in the Cure Bowl. And this was this was a game between Tulane of the American Athletic and Louisiana, the Sun Belt. Louisiana had lost the Sun Belt uh, title game. Tulane was – they got here uh, through an automatic bid. So – and Tulane won the game 41-24. to um, his main reason for that, Darius Bradwell was their workhorse, 35 carries for 150 yards. He went over 1,000 for the season this game, had two touchdowns to give him 11 on the season. And then Justin McMillan, the quarterback for Tulane, who came in for Jonathan Banks early on in the season, finished the season for him, um, had a good game, 11 of 18, pretty efficient for 145 yards a touchdown and an interception, but then ran for 72 and a score. And then another rushing touchdown was from Amari Jones. A true freshman running back had six carries for 63 yards and a score. So Tulane had a very strong rushing attack. And what did Louisiana do? They did a whole lot of nothing offensively. Um, between their quarterbacks, Andre Nunez and Levi Lewis, uh, Nunez was 8 of 17 and Levi Lewis was 3 of 7. Nunez was had 136 yards in the score. Uh, Lewis had 38 yards in the interception. So not very efficient through the through the passing game and the rushing game. Some of the same stuff. Uh, Raymond Raymond Calais was their leading rusher with 41 yards on three carries, had a touchdown. Um, and then Trey Regis, their leading rusher, um, had 10 carries for 40 yards. Couldn't find much for him. And then Elijah Mitchell had six carries for 26 yards and a touchdown. Um, so Tulane was able to stop the rushing attack for Louisiana, which was their you know mainstay of their offense. They didn't really have a lot of efficiency through the through the air this season. Nunez, their starting quarterback, um, threw 20 touchdowns, but then also threw 12 interceptions, had a 144.6 rating, but um, you know, didn't didn't really, you know, do enough to win the game. So Nunez played in his last game, a senior quarterback. So Levi Lewis will look to be the starting quarterback next year, sophomore. Um, he played well this year, seven touchdowns to two interceptions. So maybe if they get back here next year, they'll have a shot. Justin McMillan, on the other hand, for Tulane, he's a junior, redshirt junior, so he'll be back next year. But the guy whose position he relieved due to an injury, Jonathan Banks, is is a senior. So it'll be Justin McMillan's show. It was good for him to get some experience in this this one. So a lot of hope for each of these two teams. Tulane's looking to 
win more than six games in the regular season. They do play in a tough conference, though, so it's going to be a little bit hard for them. So, on the other hand, Louisiana went to the Sun Belt title game, and they'd like to get there again, but it'll have to be Levi Lewis leading them. And out of their running backs, uh, Calais, who was a little little bolt of lightning for him, nine yards of, nine yards of carry for him. Uh, as a junior, so he'll be back next year. Seven touchdowns is what he carries with him. Trey Regas is a sophomore, so he'll be back again. Led the team in rushing with 1,100 yards and eight scores. And then their touchdown leader running the ball, Elijah Mitchell, is also a sophomore. Had 985 yards and 13 touchdowns. So all their running backs are back. Levi Lewis, who was the more efficient quarterback, did not play as much, but had a lot of game time action will be the quarterback there next year. So Louisiana could be right back here the next time we talk about bowls. So the next game, that was a blowout. Not going to talk about it too much. Utah State, 52. North Texas, 13. That that was in the New Mexico Bowl. And it got out of hand very quick. 14-7 uh, to seven at the end of one. And then by the end of or by halftime, it was 38-7. to Utah State scored three touchdowns and a, and had a field goal. All three touchdowns in the second quarter came from Jordan Love, one rushing, two passing. And then in the first quarter, it was a bright touchdown run, and then Love threw a touchdown pass. Uh, for North Texas, DeAndre Torrey ran for a touchdown, but a whole lot of nothing for North Texas. They did have a touchdown in the third. One of their back quarterbacks who came in threw a touchdown pass. They had multiple quarterbacks in, but then for Utah State, Bright ran for another touchdown and Love threw another touchdown pass. And in this game, Utah State, Jordan Love, 362 total yards. Only three of them were rushing, but five total touchdowns, one rushing. And then Bright and Thompson had 103 and 93 rushing yards. And then Bright had two, two scores himself. And then on North Texas' side, Mason Fine, their uh, star quarterback who got them here, the junior quarterback, uh, 59 yards, 8 of 12, left the game with an injury. Um, and then three quarterbacks came in. Quinn Shambor, who was backup for most of the season, senior quarterback, threw three interceptions, only attempted eight passes. And then another quarterback, Jason Bean, came in, a freshman, threw an interception on two attempts, and – Kaysen Martin, who was the main backup quarterback who played, was 8 of 13 for 125 yards in the score. The freshman, or 7 of 12 for 110 yards in the touchdown. I was looking at his uh, season totals. Um, so he came in, did did a lot, had a 75-yard touchdown pass, but wasn't enough in the end for, for the team. And Utah State finishes with 11 wins. North Texas finishes with 9. And both of these... Quarterbacks are going to be back next year. Jordan Love, only a sophomore. Mason Fine, a junior. Um, so both going to try to lead their teams back here next year. They And Utah State returns Gerald Bright and will also return Darwin Thompson, who were a good one-two punch in the backfield for, the, for Utah State. So then in the Las Vegas Bowl, we have the first – Power five conferences play, or one of them. 
out of the Pac-12, Arizona State played Mountain West. Um, Runner-up, Fresno State. Or not runner-up. Fresno State won the division, I think. Or won the conference. My phone would load. Yeah, they won the conference. And they win the Las Vegas Bowl as well against Arizona State. Um, McMarion did not have a very efficient game. Had two interceptions, 15 of 29 for 176 yards, but added a score on the ground. Um, and Ronnie Rivers, player of the game for Fresno State, 24 attempts for 212 yards and two scores. Ran all over Arizona State. Eno Benjamin had 118 yards on 23 carries and a score for Arizona State. Finished the season with 300 yards or 300, 300 attempts for 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns for the sophomore running back. So he'll be back next year looking to do equal damage. But their quarterback, Manny Wilkins, who threw two interceptions, had one touchdown, the senior quarterback, will be will be out of here this out after this game. Um, he... Was nineteen to thirty-one, but it all went for short yardage. At one hundred twenty-nine yards, added thirty-six on the ground on eleven carries. Fresno State just did more in that game, especially on the ground. Forced turnovers, ended up winning the game. So the only tight game out of these matchups was Georgia Southern and Eastern Michigan, out of the Sun Belt and MAC respectively. Georgia Southern did what they do; they ran the ball. Shywert's only at 33 yards passing, but finishes the year without an interception. The only FBS quarterback to do that, who is the starter, has a minimum number of attempts, but good on him. He's a sophomore quarterback, so he'll be back next year looking to do some more of that. But of course, he did he did only have 116 attempts, so it's not I'm not saying that it takes credit away from what he did without throwing an interception, but less passes, less opportunity for the defense to make plays on make plays in the passing game. But then ran the ball, uh Wesley Kennedy the third had 107 yards to lead the way. Wesley Fields had 91 yards to go over a thousand. And then Shywertz um had two scores to bring his total to 15 on the season and had 79 yards on the ground. On the other hand, Eastern Michigan was not able to do a whole lot on the ground, so they had to rely on their passing game. Mike Glass, the third, had three scores, no interceptions, 204 yards, 17 of 25, but it was their lack of a consistent ground attack with the leading rusher only getting 44 yards. So Mike Glass, a senior, will walk away with the bull start, couldn't win it, but... Uh, both teams looking to get here again. Georgia Southern will look good with their starting quarterback coming back. Um, and that was the Camellia Bowl. And then the New Orleans Bowl, the final bowl of the weekend between Middle Tennessee and Appalachian State. Um, two good quarterbacks took the field in this one, Brent Stockstill and Zach Thomas. Um, Stockstill, senior quarterback through for 330 yards, a touchdown, but had two interceptions and none of their running backs had more than 45 yards. Shaton Mobley had 45 and the next was 13 yards. So the inability to run 
hurt Middle Tennessee and Appalachian State. Had Zach Thomas threw two interceptions, but also threw three touchdowns, 15 to 24 for 177 yards. And then a wide receiver, um, Malik Williams, actually threw threw for two scores in that game on two attempts. Um, And then Cameron Peoples, three rushes for 69 yards in the score, was the second leading rusher behind Darrington Evans, who ran for 108 yards. So he's back, sophomore running back. And their quarterback, Zach Thomas, will be back as well, sophomore quarterback. So 11-2 record to finish. Middle Tennessee finished with an 8-6 and six record. Lost Middle Tennessee lost the conference championship game to UAB. So finished eight and six. Um, with the we'll have a new quarterback next year. Um, so we'll see if they can get there. But Appalachian State looks looking good, have four bowl wins in their first four years in the FBS. So good work for them. They're really doing what they need to do to be successful in the league, in the nation. I keep wanting to call college football a league, but it's really not. There, There's a whole bunch of conferences, and I don't know. A league just sounds more professional. And, you know, when you're a professional, you get paid for what you do. College players don't. I'm going to leave the conversation right there. But that is that is the main difference, I guess. And that's what, probably why, why it sounds weird to call them a league. But anyway, we got some bowls this week. Obviously, it's bowl season. So tomorrow, the Boca Raton Bowl, UAB in Northern Illinois. Or that's Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Wednesday, 8 o'clock Eastern, also on ESPN. The Frisco Bowl, San Diego State against Ohio. Gasparilla Bowl on Thursday. Marshall against U- uh, University of South Florida. That's on Thursday. On Friday, it is the Bahamas Bowl, which is uh, Florida International in Toledo at 12.30 Eastern on ESPN, and then following that on ESPN at 4 Eastern is the Idaho Potato Bowl between Western Michigan and BYU. And then Saturday is your wide slate of games, starting with the Birmingham Bowl. Memphis and Wake Forest take action at 12 Eastern, all these times Eastern, they're all on ESPN, followed by the Armed Forces Bowl at 3.30 between Houston and Army, the Dollar General Bowl between Buffalo and Troy at 7 and the Hawaii Bowl, Louisiana Tech, and the native Hawaii Rainbow Warriors will not have to travel far. Louisiana Tech, on the other hand, will. Um, So those are all the games. And out of these, my favorite matchup, I like, I think the best game out of these would probably, best game, most action, I'm going to say would probably be be Louisiana Louisiana Tech and Hawaii um, both have good quarterbacks playing really well in the season it's gonna be a late game so not a lot of people will be watching that I'm definitely interested to see Houston and Army I think Army's gonna win that game I think it's actually gonna be a little bit high scoring for you know what Army plays their style I think Houston's probably gonna get some quick scores um, and Army's going to have to come back from those, but I think their offensive is good enough to match up with Houston's defense and really do some damage. Buffalo-Troy, I think that game is going to go to Buffalo. 
Um, like I said, offense is key in these bowl games. And I think Buffalo's offense is too good for Troy's defense. And I think that game will probably be a blowout. Uh, Memphis and Wake Forest, I'm interested to see what Memphis can do. They almost ended UCF's winning streak in the American Athletic Championship game. Um, so so I'm going to look to see if they can beat a Power 5 team and um, give some credit to what that conference is doing. So I think Memphis takes that one. Uh, Memphis is actually favored, so it's not really an upset. Um, in the Idaho Potato Bowl, I think that's going to be a very low-scoring game. I think Western Michigan and BYU are going to match each other pretty well defensively to their offenses, and I think that's that's probably not going to – the winning team's probably not going to score more than 24 points in that one. And then the game, the Bahamas Bowl between FIU and Toledo, that is usually a great game. There's usually a lot of offense in that. It usually comes down to the wire. So I think that one could have a lot of offense. Um, FIU almost got to their conference championship game. Um, Toledo had a rough year at times, but I'm going to look to see them do a lot of damage through the air. If they can do that, then it's going to be a lot high scoring game. Um, Cause I don't think the ground attacks for either team will necessarily be there. Um, and then I'm just going in reverse Marshall, uh, Marshall in South Florida. That game is probably going to be high scoring. If Blake Barnett's playing. Um, he's going to match up well with Marshall's quarterback. I am blanking on the, his name and my phone is going too slow to get me to the roster. But until I find it, um, USF or Marshall is actually favored. I would take South Florida in this game. Um, I think Blake Barnett and South Florida as a whole lost the last five games. They were seven and zero, one of the one of the last undefeated teams. But based on their conference schedule, they um, they lost five straight. So this is a very good game for them to try and come back from that and uh, lead them into next year. Um, yeah, Isaiah Green is our quarterback who. Didn't have key numbers or redshirt freshman. I think he's he doesn't have enough experience in you know a bowl game. He's he hasn't played in one, obviously, being a redshirt freshman. But I think that it's going to be whoever, whichever quarterback is better. Marshall doesn't necessarily have a rushing rushing game, running game. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do if they do have a running game. I think it's going to be a good game because I think South Florida between their passing game and running game, they have the better offense. And I, I guess I take them in an upset since they're um, not favored in this one. And then the Frisco Bowl, I think Ohio has that. South San Diego State, they have been a run-dominant team, but they haven't really had the numbers this year to back that up. And Ohio, on the other hand, has. They have three really good running backs who I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the numbers right now. They have three running backs all playing playing really well. And I think that's going to be the reason why they take that. So Ohio is favored um, by two and a half, but I think, you know, I think it's going to be a two or three score game by the end of it. I don't know why my phone is not looking this stuff up. I really should get a laptop to look this stuff up with, but budget's tight. Um, so they have, yeah, uh, 
AJ Alouette, their leading rusher, 1,100 yards, 12 scores. Malik Irons, 831 yards, eight touchdowns. Nathan Rourke, 816 yards, 13 scores. All of them averaging six yards or more a carry. All of them have 100 attempts. So they really balance, balance that attack. And Nathan Rourke, 2,000 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, seven interceptions. I just think Ohio's in, the, in a better place to win this game. I think they will take it. And then the the closest game to us, UAB and Northern Illinois, I think that one is going to go to Northern Illinois. They have a really good defense that I think is going to keep UAB in check. UAB has a good offense. They won their conference title game to get here, but I think Northern Illinois takes that. Northern Illinois winning the MAC, obviously. And I think Northern Illinois' defense holds UAB to, you know, maybe only getting – 13 points or so, and then I think Northern Illinois is going to score two or three touchdowns and win the game. So those are my – that's the summary of this week. I'm not going to go past that because that just wastes time, wastes my breath, and I'm sure you guys don't want to listen to me talk about that for for a duration of time. Um, So I guess – Uh, checking the news is what I will look for. Um, some early entries in the draft uh, since that is happening now. And a lot of players... Um, choosing or opting out of playing in the bowl games. Um, I I personally think that's a good idea. I mean, these players want to get paid. That's a big thing in college football. Um, so I don't think they should be held back from that. <coughs> Especially since, um, you know, you can redshirt and you have to be a junior of in school to, um, to opt out and go to the draft. So usually, usually by your junior year of college, you've already, you know, taken a vast majority of your classes. You only need one more or two more semesters to graduate. So I don't think it's a bad thing that they're leaving early. Um, because of course they they make all that money in in the NFL, uh, and then then they can pay off their loan or their most of them are on scholarship, so they can they can pay for that next year of classes, and they can help themselves. And so I think it's a good idea that they leave early and about opting out. And then for them opting out as well, I think that's a good idea because, you know, they can get injured in the bowl games. And if they have a serious injury, that can really affect their draft stock. So these kids are usually playing football because they want to go to the next level. And, you know, it's going to it's going to take a few. OK, none of these articles are loading. So um, 
I am probably, I'll, I'll just talk about that a little bit more. And I guess I'll talk about my thoughts on them getting paid. It's a very, um, it's a very heavy discussion, but I guess I can tackle it. Of course, I don't know a whole lot. So, um, <laughs> take, take this or leave it, or I guess just don't take this with, uh, or take this with an open mind. Um, I guess is what I'm saying. So my thoughts on it would be, and you can disagree with this, obviously it's the beauty of this country. I think that they should not get paid because they're already, they're usually already getting paid a hundred thousand dollars, you know, 25,000 a year. And, you know, in the NBA, the, you know, I guess JBL or whatever, um, their attempt was to pay kids a certain amount, right? I think. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if I have that right either. I don't, I don't know how much they're paying the kids, but, you know, you get paid a certain amount. Um, same thing in, you know, in the NBA, they have the G League, which, uh, uh, a significant draft prospect chose to go to the G League instead of going to college because um, he wanted he wanted to get paid and he wanted to develop that way. What do you think about it? Um, if they they go to college, you know that tuition is why they get. I don't think I explained that. They're paid a hundred thousand dollars, but it's in tuition. Their scholarship pays for their tuition. Usually, it's full ride. So they already don't have to pay for for that, which is a big plus. I don't know how much that scholarship covers. If it covers food, I think it does because when I've been looking at scholarships, it can go towards like housing and food and stuff. But um, so they're they're already getting paid a lot, and of course their their likeness is getting used like on ESPN and all that. They're getting used in those ways. So that is where they come from, where they want to get paid. But I think that the scholarships are enough. So, and that's the thing. If you start paying them, do you take away the scholarship or, you, or do you not take away the scholarship? Because if you take away the scholarship, then, you know, the paycheck's just going to go towards school. And then you're right back at square one. You're basically just giving them a full ride scholarship. But if you give them a scholarship and pay them, then, um, you know, it's just, it's just turning into, you know, a, lower level NFL, like a developmental NFL league, which is basically what college can be. Some college football can be sometimes. Then you look at, at the fact that, you know, these kids are being put on national television, you know, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, ESPN, CBS sports network, Fox sports network. Um, they're being put on display for millions of people to watch as entertainment. So, you know, and all those networks are making a lot of money off of it. So I guess at that point, you got to say like the NFL, that's kind of why they get paid so much because they're, you know, entertainment basically. So very tough conversation to have. I just wanted to waste a few more minutes because this one's a short one. So I will end that this one here. And the beauty of bowl season, there are games every night for the next, you know, for this next, for the rest of this week, there's an NFL game tonight. Between the Saints and Panthers should be a good one. Um, so if you're not only into college football and you're into the NFL as well, you can watch that. And then you'll have a game tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, all day you can watch football. 
So that's going to do it for me. It was a short episode of Unranked with Logan Kelleher. But I'm glad you guys listened. And if you're listening all the way to this point, thank you for bearing with me. Um, And I will come back to talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening and goodbye.